First Saturday Lime is our go-to natural organic pest control tool. First Saturday Lime has the ability to dry out insects, eggs, and larvae, and it's effective as a treatment for infestations as well as preventing those little buggers from infiltrating your coops and barns in the first place. We use it regularly on our farms to help make our lives easier. You can get Lime shipped to your door monthly with First Saturday Lime subscription for $20 a month and free shipping. So go to FirstSaturdayLime.com to get signed up. Oh, hey there, Bev. What are you drinking today? Oh, I had my husband make me a fresh margarita. Mm, little post-Cinco de Mayo party. <laughs> yes. So Simple Goodness Sisters posted this recipe on their Instagram for Cinco de Mayo. Mm. And I asked him if he'd make it for me because it was some of their like rhubarb vanilla syrup and just like fresh limes and triple sec and tequila like I'm like, you know, I'm not really a big margarita fan, but it is because like the syrup tends to feel a little too sweet for me. Yeah. But with this recipe, it doesn't sound like it's going to be overly sweet. So he made it and I took one sip and I was like, this is my new favorite drink. Ooh, and it's dangerous because <laughs> there's a lot of tequila in it. Yes. And it's a double. So it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking Blake's Hard Cider Rose, which is a cider infused with strawberries and rose hips. And Mm. it's almost 7% alcohol by volume. So also a good episode over here. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But it sounds like both of our drinks are very appropriate for today's theme. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, we're, we're good at theming. We are. We're getting really good at this podcast thing. <laughs> is theming a word? Did I just like make it out of verb? Theming, scheming, same thing. <laughs> yeah. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain. So hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents. And there's a lot of them this episode. So if you are not over on the Patreon yet, you definitely want to go join that. So you can hear them because we cut them out of the episode to, I don't know, save on time and sanity and, I don't know, just make it feel a little more cohesive. (laughs) And one of the main tangents today was just out of my sheer curiosity of opinions. (laughs) Somebody was able to indulge me. So go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. And starting at $2 a month, you'll be able to have access to all those recordings, pictures, all that fun stuff. Yes. And speaking of the Patreon, our drink peep this episode is our friend Katie over at Sticky Holler Farm. So cheers. Yes, cheers. So in today's episode, we are interviewing Jessica from First Saturday Lime. And I'm so excited. 
Oh my gosh, I am too. First of all, I loved interviewing Jessica the first time. Whenever I get to like revisit old episodes to like reshare them and stuff, I feel like that Drink and Lime episode is one that I go back to a lot because it was just, <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, somehow we got on the topic of placenta. So you just never know where you're going to go with us, even from like our very early days. So that's a great one to go back to and check out. Um, Today we did not talk about placenta, but First Saturday Lime was recently on Shark Tank. So we got to talk to Jessica about how that's impacted their business and also kind of get a refresher about their company's story and why you should use First Saturday Lime over other options. Yes, for sure. So I guess we'll just dive right in. Let's dive into the shark tank. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the giant pile of lime. (laughs) Yeah, tomato, tomato. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jessica. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we've had Jessica on our podcast before. So you know how this works, right? I do. And I hope everyone (laughs) is ready. (laughs) So what you drinking over there? I am drinking uh, red wine for the adult that I want to be. And I also have root beer for the kid I am. (laughs) I was going to say, are you tasting red wine with root beer? I am, yes. How how is that combination? Because I wouldn't think to do that, but now I kind of want to. It's not bad, you know, but Mm. since quarantine, you know, anything goes, really. (laughs) I mean, that's so true. I've done pizza at 10 a.m. like three days a week before during this quarantine so shit has just really gotten real <laughs> so i am not here to judge your red wine thank you i really appreciate that <laughs> so we know that jess has been on the podcast before but do you mind just kind of like reintroducing yourself to everybody? I mean, who knows? Maybe you've reinvented yourself since then. It Maybe, has been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have multiple times. <laughs> well, I am Jessica Jacobs, and I am one of the members that founded First Saturday Lime. And we are a healthy alternative to pest control. Which we all love. Yes. We love it. So I know that people can go back and listen to Minisode number two, Drink and Lime, um, to also hear Jessica pre-reinvention a few times. But today we do want to kind of talk about a few different things. So obviously we want to talk about First Saturday Lime and how, you know, the company came about and all that fun stuff. But you guys were also recently on Shark Tank, which is kind of a big deal. Yes. Yes. It has been crazy with a capital cray (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that a lot i do too (laughs) so for people that aren't familiar with your backstory um could you tell us a little bit about how the company and the product came to be yeah and i first want to touch up on drink and lime if you guys haven't heard of that or know about it i really recommend going back and listening to it it's just filled with so much nonsense I feel like and 
after sh recording that with you guys, I've had high school friends reach out to me because they heard it and ex-boyfriends reach out to me because they heard it. <laughs> And they were like, oh my gosh, you're so crazy. <laughs> that is phenomenal. I didn't know we had such reach with your I connections. I didn't either. I was like, oh my goodness. So I was like, kind of like, oh, I was so embarrassed myself and probably the company. But I was like, should I like hide this? Try to hide this episode? And I was like, nah. And I like put it on my LinkedIn. I put it on our social media. <laughs> Well, what I loved about that episode so much was like, not only was it just filled with fun shenanigans, but it was also really informative about First Saturday Live. Yes. Like, because yeah. you guys were really still new at the time. Yeah. And like, we were still learning how to use it. So I think like, we really went in depth like, yeah. on the product, which I thought was really cool. So we like had a good balance. We really <laughs> did. And it really helped that I came home like an hour early to like record with you guys but I forgot about the time changes <laughs> so I had an hour and I was already like drinking for the show and then by the time we got to the show it was just hey guys um it was just crazy <laughs> it was a good time it was a good time <laughs> So how did you guys get started? And you can just be kind of brief since people can listen, you know, to the other episode to get, you know, like yeah. a little in-depth story. But <laughs> So we grew up as farmers in Oklahoma and our dad had a lime pile, what we called it, but it was pretty much like a lime farm and he used... Uh, lime as a soil amendment for his crops and he would use it on his own fields but he also sold to other local farmers. He eventually got to work with uh, various co-ops and with different universities. There's like a, a whole bunch of different types of lime for a whole bunch of different types of uses. He passed away a couple of years ago and uh, me and Jana knew of this certain kind of, Jana, my sister, knew of this certain kind of lime that would be a really great alternative uh, for pest control. And we had a lot of people that were interested in it, like our friends and family coming out and getting buckets of it. And we decided to try to go into retail. Um, I think it was three years ago now. And it has just been something that people gravitate to because they want the healthy mm -hmm. alternatives and they want the natural solutions and after we are able to get them to use it they see how effective it is and then you know we have our own small community that just helps promote us like every you know every month we just keep growing so it has been crazy the craziest three years of my life for sure mm -hmm. Well, one of my favorite things about First Saturday Lime is that when I go to use it, I don't have to like read the bag, see like when can I harvest my vegetables after I've used this around it? Like, do I have to wear gloves or like eye protection or like is this going to make me turn yellow if I <laughs> accidentally breathe some of it in? Like, no, it's literally like just safe lime. I stick my hands in the bag and I sprinkle it in all of the places that I need to and it's 
perfectly safe. Whereas like whenever I grab anything else that like might have to be used around the garden, when I have like a really bad problem, I'm always like second guessing myself. I'm like, uh, can I use this? I don't know like what this reacts with. I don't understand. Forget it. I just like stick it back on the shelf and grab the lime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where we really pride ourselves in being safe. Safe is our number one focus. So people really don't have to worry about using our product around any kind of animal or kiddo, kind of kiddo. (laughs) I'm currently uh, using it inside my house because my seed starts got an aphid infestation somehow. (laughs) Inside the house? Yeah, inside the house. I bought flowers from like a big box like shop and stuck them under my grow lights with all of my seed starts. And I think one of them must have been infested and I didn't realize it. So like all of the aphids like ran over to all my new stuff. And I was looking at it was like, how'd you guys get in here? So put like a nice circle around each seedling. And then I (laughs) carefully removed all of the aphids from each seedling. And it's working. It's actually working really well. There doesn't seem to be any more. But that sounds like like the (laughs) equivalent of like standing in in like spinning in a circle with salt to keep out the bad demons or whatever. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but with lime and pests. <laughs> yeah, and if I didn't have first Saturday lime, I would have had to just like chuck them all and burn yeah. it. Because I yeah. couldn't plant that in my garden because I'd never get ahead of the infestation. So <laughs> So how how is lime different than other things that you see on the market? So there are a lot of different kinds of lime. Usually in a store, you will see um, barn lime or garden lime. And that's just milled up limestone right out of the ground. It's very safe, but it could really never be used as a pest control because it is very weak because it's full of impurities. And another type of lime that's kind of commonly used is hydrated lime. And that lime is basically garden lime, but they burn it to a certain degree and it burns out all the impurities. So it makes it really strong and it's a really great pest control and and just a moisture control, but it has a reaction with water. So if you touch it, it can cause burns from reacting with the moisture in your skin. So we took hydrated lime and we made it water insoluble. So it can't have those reactions with water. And that's what makes it so strong, but just as safe as barn or garden lime. Well, and I want to really just like quick point out here, what you mean by water insoluble is that it doesn't mix in with the water. So like if you put down a line of lime and then it rains, the lime is still there when it's done as long as the rain wasn't so hard that it was able to wash away. Like some powders and things like that will dissolve in the water and this does not. So like when I put it in the bottom of my trough, I put a nice big layer on there. It keeps the algae from growing. And then when I go to clean the trough, I have to spray the old layer of lime out and then put a new one in because it didn't mix in with the water. Yes, so that's exactly. like, it's a really important point of it because I think people like get confused. They're like, oh, well, if it rains, this like just kind of becomes like mm-hmm. not useful. And I'm like, no, it still stays there. Like as long as it <laughs> right. wasn't one of those like torrential rains, because, you know, we do get those sometimes. But yeah. I mean, that's not the lime's fault. <laughs> Well, we made the product to be a solution for like any average home and 
usually whenever we're doing our testing, every home has some kind of protection, you know, for the barrier around the home. So whenever you apply the lime, it was able to provide, you know, rain protection for the most part, but um, every, you know, every home is going to have one side where you have wind issues. So we say to reapply once a month, but you could get away with longer periods of time if you don't have those effects from the environment. Which is super cool. Yeah, I've noticed that when the weather has been pretty mild, when I go back to reapply it the next month, like in the garden or anywhere else that I use it, it is still there. Mm-hmm. So I just like kind of touch up the areas where it may have like gotten moved or shifted around. So now there's a gap because yeah. like it works best when you have like a continuous barrier. Exactly. Yes. And that's an, another like big misuse is people just like sprinkle it, but it needs to be like a continuing like connection whenever you're applying the line that to create the pest barrier uh, so you don't have like small insects like ants like maneuver around it <laughs> yeah because they'll like snake around yeah. all the little <laughs> piles and stuff <laughs> we are kind of piggybacking off that whole water insoluble thing uh we did deep litter in our goat barn because honestly we're lazy and don't want to clean it out in the winter (laughs) but the base that we always put down is first saturday lime and we like coat the crap out of our large space like 40 pounds will go down and it looks like like it snowed in there (laughs) (laughs) well and then we put hay down and then they or straw down and then they make a mess of their hay and then before you know it we have like three feet of deep litter that comes out after like seven, eight months, which is a chore and it's painful. But all of that pee and poop, uh, you know, kind of soaks in. But when you remove it, you still see a layer of lime under it all. I did not know you could do a deep litter, litter for, you say goats? Yeah. I had no idea. And I've never done that myself. And I don't have any family members that have ever done that. But we have so much feedback on people that do the deep litter method and how appreciative they are on like being able to con- to control like the smell and yes. the moisture during that weird stage. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, and then we also had mites this winter after, you know, that piled, piled, piled. I didn't stay on top of sprinkling it all over the place, so we got mites. But when I did the full clean out and put that down, I, they were gone. So between treating the goats yeah. and cleaning it out and putting that down, I like sprinkled it everywhere. It was like on the walls. It was on the ledges. It's everywhere. And we haven't had a problem since. <laughs> so I definitely think it does. It did keep everything away that should not be in there driving my goats crazy. Yeah. And a big common question we have is how it repels insects. And basically... It's a really strong desiccant, so it's like a drying out um, solution, and it's creating an atmosphere where bugs can't survive. So usually we say if an insect has an exoskeleton, it's able to uh, repel them, and we've also seen in studies that the smaller the bug, 
the more effective mm-hmm. it is in repelling. Yeah, that totally makes sense because they can't like walk over it and get part of their body like not covered. So, yeah. yeah, those lice and mites can suck it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. not our animals' blood. <laughs> no, exactly. I finally found some aphids like my neighbors brought over because I don't. I use I use so much first sour lime in my backyard. I don't have an aphid problem but I also need to have content to show like some demos uh, for our social media and my neighbor brought me some aphids because I was telling her I was trying to buy bugs online and it wasn't working (laughs) 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 and she brought me this like big long thing Uh, it was like she just pulled like this rose or some kind of flower and it just had like all these aphids on it and I uh, got a video of me like pouring lime on it and then I went inside to get something and I wanted to get like the stages of it and they had died so (laughs) fast like the I had to like go over and find aphids in our house again so I could do another demo Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm that lady in the neighborhood where I'm like, if you had a, a bugs, please bring them to me so I can kill them. <laughs> bring out your bugs. Bring out your bugs. <laughs> well, and one of the things that makes it different too is that it doesn't have silica in it. Yes. Like DE does, right? Because like a lot of people in the like chicken keeping community talk about DE a lot. And I think it's just because they haven't heard of First Saturday Lime yet. Yeah. So they don't know like that there's a safe alternative. But like why, why would you want to use for Saturday Lime over DE? So we do get compared. Thank you for bringing that because we get compared to DE a lot. And um, DE is basically like ground up. I can't say this word. She... Seashells? She sells? <laughs> she shells, she shells by the seashore. <laughs> it's been a really long week, you guys. Um, it's ground up shells from the sea. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> and it's basically just like, it's over 90% uh, silica. And it is a natural ingredient, but how that works is pulverized shells and it's kind of like little pieces of glass so it will cut the exoskeleton of the insects and by having those cuts then they eventually dry out whenever you're doing that you do have the risk of animals or yourself um, inhaling it and it can cause cuts to your esophagus or your respiratory system and it's known to kind of give respiratory issues so first saturday lime has absolutely zero silica in it and we have zero health hazards compared to d which is really cool i got to uh share that with someone on instagram because i did like a instagram story or not story a instagram tv of us cleaning our chicken coop and using lime and i was sprinkling it all over the place and someone commented and was like oh my gosh put a mask on like all of that and i'm like no it's really not like it first of all it was not like clouding up to my height anyways Uh because it just doesn't do that we're so wet that 
like I don't have trouble with it like you know clouding all over the place but second of all I was like it's not silica or DE like it's not going to cause like cuts all over your lungs and esophagus like yeah you should still avoid getting things into your lungs you should avoid breathing in (laughs) anything for a long period of time absolutely yeah but in my place because it's so wet it doesn't cloud up to my height so I wasn't having that problem yeah (laughs) so it's like no it's not like a dangerous thing Yeah. And ever since I got chickens and I only got chickens because, well, I didn't even get them. My sister got them because we had so many chicken customers were like, we had them when we were younger, but we didn't have them whenever we started the business. We were like, we really need to get some chickens so we can just have like content to kind of like show how to use it around them. And now I'm a crazy chicken lady (laughs) (laughs) and I'm on all those chicken groups and I see people with like chickens with respiratory issues and I'm like oh my gosh only if they knew like not to use like they're trying so hard to you know be all Mm -hmm. natural for their flock and then sometimes it just like causes those you know effects so it's so hard to watch that yeah it is and some of that stems from like DE used to be like the product that everybody recommended and I think that some people have been really hesitant to like just say hey I was wrong six or seven (laughs) years ago when I said that DE was a good product to use this is a better alternative so this is what I'm recommending now like I haven't Maybe I missed it. I haven't heard anybody say that. But like I was only blogging for a really short time when I switched to First Saturday Lime. And I'm pretty sure I straight up said that in like several podcast episodes and like on a blog. Like, hi, I used to say that you should use DE because it was natural. I was totally wrong and didn't know what I was talking about. Here's what you should use. Well, I think DE, like any, you know, natural solution is definitely a positive over a chemical or a poison. But it's just kind of like you can use DE in the garden. Just make sure that you're not going to breathe it in. You have like a controlled, you know, environment where it's not going to, you know, go to your face. Um, So we don't want to be competitive with DE. Like we want people to go to the natural stuff. Um, We just want to make sure that people know like the side effects of silica basically. Yeah, like using it around your animals is probably not. Yeah. And chickens, the way to go. you know, they like scratch up the bedding all the time and so it's just one of those things are really prone to getting respiratory issues if you use DE. Yeah, them. and I'm just a total klutz, so it's really nice to be able to use first Saturday lime and sprinkle it and not freak out that it's like on my face because it was kind of going everywhere because <laughs> of the way the wind was blowing. Or it's all over my pants and my boots, and it it, it looks really weird. <laughs> or the goat like runs under me while I'm doing it, and now the goat is covered in it. Like it's so nice that it's, yeah. it's that gentle. It's not a big deal when that stuff happens. Yeah, I can't tell you how many calls we had when someone like left the bag out, and they're like, "My donkey just <laughs> ate five pounds of it." <laughs> Or my dog just ate it, which my dog has gotten into it too. I, th- I think he thought it was flour or something. I don't know. And he just ate so much of it. So if an animal does eat first Saturday lime, it would just be a calcium source. So they're completely fine if they do eat it. I was going to say, I've had goats and my donkeys eat it when I'm out there using it. If I leave the bag open, their head will like definitely be on it. And I just laugh and try I mean, to get a picture of it. I've tasted it. It doesn't taste good. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why either. 
Uh, don't eat it, everyone. Just destroy. yeah, it's it's not <laughs> like chopped up limes, and it's not chopped up frogs. Even though your mascot with a frog is super cute. Yes, yeah. We don't repel frogs. We wanted a mascot, and they are another natural solution for pest control. Um, so we created Ricardo, <laughs> and he's just amazing for us. He is. Founded due to a combination of poultry love, chicken math, and the need for a safe, long-term solution, Cutest Coops created a collection of coops with key features to keep a flock safe and happy. Cutest Coops are thoughtfully planned with accessibility, predator safety, ventilation, cleanliness, quality, and design in mind. Cutest Coops start out with a 4x4 footprint all the way up to 10x8. Bev and I both have the Charming Coop, which can honestly, we can honestly say they are built super solid and our chickens will be protected from all the Midwestern elements year round. And these coops are seriously a chicken keeper's dream and your flock will be feeling pretty bougie and safe roosting in any one of them. For more information, go to cutestcoops.com. You can even check out the design tab to pick custom colors and features for the larger coops and receive a free rendering of your designs. And if you want to make your chicken coop dreams a reality, use code COOP and FARM at checkout to get $100 off your coop. So let's talk about Shark Tank and how that's impacted your business since you were on that show. Yeah, it's... It has has so much that you have, you are sleep deprived and can't even talk about it. Yes. So we're recording. It's the beginning of May right now. And the show aired on April 10th. And we try to prepare the best we could (laughs) for the show but they don't give you like a lot of time to prep because you'd never really you don't know if you're gonna air or not so you don't have a lot of time to prep for the show so we try to prepare to the best of our ability and we were trying to but then COVID-19 started getting really hot in the U.S. So by the time that we knew we were going to be on the show and we were prepping our systems, our state was going, was, you know, just like every other state, it was getting, what do you call it? Like everything's bananas. Everything and is locking bananas. the shit down and making life Every extra lock lockdown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can't have we you know, we try to keep ourselves safe, but we also were kind of freaking out about getting our inventory up. So we had to like, you know, stay away from each <laughs> other, but also like, you know, plan on who was gonna be at the barn, who wasn't and yeah, it's just, it's been crazy. So whenever we aired, we had a lot of interest in the product. And I think whatever we stockpiled for the show, it went, it was already t- spoken for within eight hours of airing. Wow. wow. So we were like, oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know, we couldn't have like a watch party or anything. Like we did like a Zoom party and because like you have to keep within state regulations and you want to keep your mm-hmm. team safe, but 
we're having issues with like shipping and so we're we had a really big boost in orders but I had a we had to constantly remind our customers like hey like we're a very small company on a very big platform in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so we are a little bit behind on getting orders you know it's it really sucks because we usually have a turnaround time of like three to four Mm -hmm. days from ordering to delivery so right now we're about like a little over a week um on being able to ship our state did open back up um, last week so we are moving a little bit faster now but it has just been crazy i'm it's, yeah it's been crazy <laughs> well it's a good reminder to everybody to like have like put their patience pants on yeah and yeah that's what i tell my uh eight-year-olds when she gets like really excited for something i'm like are you wearing your patience <laughs> pants? Yeah. no you should probably put those on because like Everybody needs to have a little patience right now. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I mean, we have a lot. Thank goodness we have a big majority of customers that have shown a lot of patience and we really appreciate it. So, but there's just certain people. I'm like, I promise I'm working every day. I don't see my Aww. family. Like, we're trying. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, were those your chickens on the set? Okay. So, we wanted to bring our chickens so bad, but um, I don't know the disease of the chicken disease oh. in California. What's do you guys? Oh, know the, Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle yeah. disease was happening yeah. whenever we were a- airing. So they're like, you know, trying to figure out like the plane for them, like yeah. travel <laughs> for the chickens. But then they like had to get, you know, clearance and it was so much paperwork for chickens to be on the show. Um, they were like, okay, well, there's a Newcastle disease. So if you like bring the chickens, you have to have like this vet, you know, and then you have to do like a little quarantine for the chickens. Oh my God. Like when they get there, when they get, so we're like, oh my gosh, like we wanted our chickens so bad, but we're like, yeah, the studio was like, you need to rent some stunt chickens. <laughs> So, so you guys did a great job because I didn't notice that those weren't your chickens. Yeah, I mean they looked just like Angel. Like Angel was not happy that oh, she wasn't going to California. Thing. Oh, I bet. Uh, but they represented her pretty well. Um, yeah, and the yeah, you can rent anything in California. <laughs> I didn't know you could rent. Well, I mean, so we knew that you could rent chickens because of rent the chicken, but that's like more for like backyard use. I didn't know you could like rent a chicken yeah, and like take it on you TV can rent, you. But you know, you have to pay for the handler that comes with it. So it's just... Yeah, you're like, we know chickens. Yeah. We can handle it. Yeah, we d- I don't want to pay for the handler, but they're like, no, it's automatic with it. We're like, okay. So- <laughs> yeah. Hollywood. It's crazy. (laughs) So watching the episode, though, it was super intense because, like, you – this is a spoiler, so if people haven't watched it, don't want it spoiled. It's been out for, like, a month now, so I'm going to say it. But, like, (laughs) Kevin swooped in at the end, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so crazy, like, when it happened. So did you, like – how did it feel to, like, land a shark? I was so nervous. Actually, all of us, it was me, my sister, Jana, and her husband, Zach. All of us were so nervous. When we walked off, we didn't even know what happened. Like, 
And when we came back home, everyone was like, tell us what happened. We're like, we don't know. <laughs> like, we knew that we like landed a shark, of course, but we couldn't give people details. Like whenever we were watching it with everyone, like we were actually watching what happened because we barely remember. Like blackout. <laughs> <laughs> The only like way I try to describe it is kind of like your wedding day. Like it's just so eventful that you forget a lot of it, and that was just it. Like when I walked off, I was just like, "Yeah, I don't even remember talking." So, like, it was just crazy. Well, you guys did such a great job. Like I loved, uh, like your intro. I don't. So I've never seen Shark Tank before. I didn't know what it was. What? I had to have Sam like explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> And in fact, like the only Shark Tank I've seen is your guys' clip oh because I told gosh. my husband, I was like, first Saturday Line was on Shark Tank and I really want to see it. Can you like pull it up for me so that I can see it? So my husband like went on Hulu and found the episode and he's like, here, I'll fast forward through the episode so you can just like get to see them. So I like just got to sit there for like five minutes and watch your guys' little yeah. thing, which just made me so happy. But like towards the end, I was like, oh no, like what's happening? I don't understand. But like your intro and your story and like the things that you guys did and the kids, like everything was just so adorable. Oh, I don't know how you. to describe it, but I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm like, they worked really hard on this and I was like and I know them and they are so nervous I can see it yeah I like before I went out I had the worst case of dry mouth and I thought it was something that I put on my lips I was like oh my gosh my lips are sticking to my teeth like how am I going to talk um I was like oh my gosh I'm having a reaction to whatever gloss that they put on me and it wasn't anything it was just I was so nervous and I yeah I could just I remember being out there and I could just uh, think of like unsticking my lips to my teeth. I was like, just get these puppies separated so I can say my next sentence. So I, no one else was able to notice, but I did because I was looking at myself whenever people, other people were talking and I'm just trying to like rearrange my mouth like the whole time. <laughs> You guys did so good, though, and I had the stupidest smile on my face the whole time, and I just felt so proud that we get to be affiliated with First Saturday Lime, and I knew this was going to be so huge for you guys, and when you got a shark, like, I felt like my dreams for you came true, so I can't even imagine how you guys felt. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've had we had a lot of people rooting for us so we couldn't have done this without our support team and we're all just I mean that time was really busy but really since we started we've had like so many opportunities and you know it's been like a lot of trial and error um so we're just really grateful to still be here and like helping people well and I think that that's just part of doing a business is the trial and error and it's really exciting to see like how you guys have grown through all of that in the two years that you know we've been with you guys yeah it's been a really crazy and great ride (laughs) so is there anything else that you can tell us about your shark tank journey that really stuck out to you i think a lot of people ask like how were the sharks in real life and I say they were exactly how you expected them to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How much can you tell us about 
your interactions with Kevin thus far? Well, uh, this time has been uh, very crazy for everyone. Mm-hmm. So he is a really great partner for us. Um, but we also, he's been a really great partner for his other businesses as well. So there are, you know, people that really need his attention right now to kind of get through the next couple months because of the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, but because of that, we know that he's very, you know, loyal and he's really dedicated to his companies. So that's really good. Yeah. Cause like one of the things about first Saturday Lime is because, you know, you like get it in the mail and you don't have like a retail location. Like you've been able to still continue yeah, uh, doing your business, which is like so amazing. It's such a nice thing because I know that not everybody has gotten to do that. So yeah, like, you know, businesses that deal with hospitality and all that are uh, more of a priority over us right now. And we completely understand. Oh, yeah. So I have a non-Shark Tank, non-First Saturday Lime, but Oklahoma-related question. And if okay. we can, we oh, can I cut know this exactly what this is going to be put about. it on the Patreon <laughs> if this is running too long. But I don't even know if it's a question. It's more of a statement. But Joe Exotic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my god! And that's another thing. How was he almost your governor? <laughs> like, almost. You guys, I... <laughs> I hate to admit this, but we have, <laughs> we have like gone down to that facility before. I mean, I would have too. <laughs> like, I mean, big cats. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to, but my, we went to like Davis, uh, Texas. So it was like on the way back Oh. and my family wanted to go, but I'm like, I like foster dogs and I don't believe in like breeding animals. Like if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I was like, okay, like how they had like so many tigers there. And I was like, once you see one tiger, like, is it going to make a difference to see <laughs> four other hundred tigers <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and tigers that eat walmart meat that has expired oh my i'm so glad we did not eat the pizza oh my gosh so did Thank you see you. did you see joe exotic when you were there or was he just kind of like probably off you know doing something illegal we were <laughs> i know right we were trying to well, I was, we we're trying to remember if we saw him um we saw, we think a boyfriend, like he's, oh yeah, it, that place was so odd. The, our tour guide who was a boyfriend of his, and I don't know if it was one of them on the show. It might've been another one. Nope. I'm not really sure, <laughs> but it, that place was just so odd to me. I d- we just tried to get out as fast as possible. So. <laughs> Even your family was like, this was a horrible idea. Yeah, like once we got in, we're like, okay, we, we once you see one, you, I mean, really you're just going around and seeing all of them, but it's, you know, it's the same thing over and over and over again, so. Sort of off topic. Uh, I know that I didn't do my homework, Sam, <laughs> but I did listen to a podcast episode from The Murder Ooh. Squad, and they did an investigation into <gasps> the disappearance of Dawn. Yes, Carol. Yes. F yeah. Baskin. 
<laughs> yeah. So you guys should go listen to that podcast episode. It's the murder squad. And it says like, what happened to Carol Baskin's husband or whatever. So it's like, it's a very clear title yeah. so that you can Did find they figure the episode, it out? But it was really good. No, they haven't found him. But the conclusion they came to, I thought, like made a lot of sense. And they like talked about things about Dawn that like were intentionally left out of the show. And so I don't know. I thought. I thought Sam would she really like that. She rubbed <laughs> sardine oil on his boots because sh- you need to watch the show, Bev. Okay. And then you need to listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> he is in the sewer or whatever. Yeah. The septic yeah. tank. She fed him to a tiger. Bev, you need to watch Tiger King. <laughs> okay. So I'll I'll go ahead and just spoil the podcast episode for you. There's no way she killed him. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Bev. No, you, you have to listen to the podcast Ugh. episode and like all the evidence that they found because they like actually talked to the police chief that like investigated the investigation and stuff. Oh so gosh. you're ruining my fun. You're ruining my, my fun. My mind <laughs> is blown. Stop ruining my fun with facts. <laughs> Just like watching that, I like turned to my husband and I was like, one thing I know is Joe Exotic is crazy and Carol killed her husband (laughs) i believe what she's doing for tigers is really good but i also believe tigers are hungry yeah (laughs) well thanks so much for joining us jessica we had like the best time again as usual thank you for having me i love i love you know being on this podcast it's always so much fun So that interview was super fun and we hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as we did. I love talking to Jessica and I feel like one day I want to sit down with her in real life, the three of us, and just drink and talk. (laughs) That's totally a life goal of mine. Well, we'll have links to uh, everything for Saturday Lime in the show notes. And of course, the link to that episode, uh, Minisode number two, Drink and Lime. And uh, if I can find a link to their Shark Tank episode, I'll go ahead and link to that too if you haven't seen it. Because I do know a lot of the TV channels like have a lot of their stuff online. So I'll poke around. But if not, you can just go to Shark Tank and figure out which episode it is. So before we go for the day, we are still going to go over this week's can't evens. And Bev, I'm super interested to know what yours is because I haven't even peaked this week. Oh, so uh, my can't even is a little bit of a cheater because I already posted this article in our uh, Facebook group um, because it's kind of a follow up. Well, not kind of. It's totally a follow up (laughs) from last week's can't even. So I was on Instagram the day that our podcast episode dropped, and crazily enough, someone in Ohio had made a post about how farmers that couldn't send their pigs to the processor because their processing plant was closed, you know, due to COVID-19, they were selling their hogs direct to the public to avoid having to just Mm. dispatch and bury them. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. See, people are creative and coming up with solutions like to problems that are coming up. And I just loved it so much that like I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I'm in Ohio, too. Where's it at? Well, it turns out that the farm that she was talking about was a farm that's located in Van Wert, Ohio, which happens to be where my husband grew up. 
And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally doable. I can help. Um, but it turns out in this instance, I couldn't um, because their minimum number of hogs is 10. <laughs> and I don't have like the transportation or facilities or know how, you know, like how to take care of 10 hogs were I to go pick them up. <laughs> so anyways, I, I did end up sending a note to like some of the Mennonites um, in our area in Amish. They don't have email, but I have contacts with people that have contact with them that do have email to see if they would be interested in helping. I haven't heard anything yet, but, you know, I figure like I'll do what I can and I'm going to keep an eye out for farms closer to me that are doing this, you know, like on a smaller scale. So I wanted to tell people to take a look around at your local farms that might be having trouble sending their animals to the processor. Because if you have the ability to process or know somebody that has the ability to process, you might be able to load your freezer up and also help take this like total huge emotional and financial burden off of these farmers that are already struggling um, and, you know, help them do the thing that they wanted to do, which was feed you and your family. And um, I'm not going to read this article, but I will link to it. It's a local article from the Van Wert newspaper. But this is what the farmer said uh, during this interview about uh, what he's doing, which is selling hogs directly to the public. It's not something that they're um, used to doing. But what he said is... If you're able to butcher a hog and want pork well below wholesale price, this is for you. Please support your local farms. We don't want to euthanize the animals. We've worked so hard to raise. We do what it takes to treat our animals well and keep America fed, and you can help us in our hour of need. So even though I posted this to the group, I wanted to say it on the podcast again, just so that it could like hopefully reach some more ears, and maybe some of you listeners can keep an eye out for this opportunity to help a farmer and fill your freezer during this like super crazy weird time. Yeah. Especially since like when I was at Walmart the other day, there was like no meat. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Like, so I'm eating a bunch of like frozen processed food because when I decided to go into the grocery store to shop because online pickup has just gotten ridiculous and it's like a week out. Um, and I go on there and there's no meat available that I need. Like, it makes me, like, think, oh, well, maybe I should get meat check-ins and just have a backup plan. Because it doesn't hurt anything. And I don't want to have to go to five different stores to try to find what I need. I, no. I'm just not that motivated. I'm not personally afraid of contracting the virus by going to five different stores. Because I'm being, I'm trying to be as smart as possible with with my approach, but A, I'm just not going to do that because I'm lazy and don't (laughs) want to. And B, it's just not the smart thing to do right now. And C, it's super stressful shopping right now because people are kind of mean and don't, and aren't being super kind when you're trying to go down aisles. Yeah. So I don't just, I just don't want to (laughs) participate until people are nice again. I've been lucky and haven't had to go to the grocery store yet. My husband's been doing all of that. But I I knew this was coming, that there wasn't going to be meat on the shelves anymore. The minute one of the news sources said that meat processing plants were closing and it could meet a meat shortage, what happened is everyone went out and instead of buying two or three weeks worth of meat, they bought all the effing meat. And 
I know that to be true because my teeny tiny roadside produce stand that I go to that are owned, that's owned by the Mennonites, they have a giant freezer. It's always stocked to the brim with uh, with ground beef and ground pork. I went in there on Friday, the day that they opened, and I bought a couple vegetables and three pounds of ground beef because I was like, oh, I'm going to make like burgers and lasagna and like things I've been missing because I haven't had any ground beef. Well, I went in there yesterday, which was Wednesday. So it's been five days. That freezer was empty. Oh, my God. Not that many people go to that place. Well, they do now. (laughs) Well, my thought is, is that someone or maybe a couple of people went in there and saw that they had a whole freezer full of meat and saw an opportunity and bought it all so they can either resell it or just have like three years worth of meat in their freezer. So I feel bad for people because I know some stores are limiting the amount that you can take now. And I understand why they're doing that because of reasons that we're talking about. But I also feel really bad for people that have big families and like one pack of meat is like one meal for them. So they're having to go to the grocery store at like multiple times during the week just to get protein for their family. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about that too. And like, we only go to the grocery store every two weeks, maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. So we've been planning out our meals that far, seeing what we can use, what we have on hand, and seeing what needs to be picked up. So we're picking up two to three weeks worth of groceries at a time, yeah. which is a lot, but we're not doing that every week. Yeah. Right. That's what we do too, though. That's what I've done pre-pandemic just because I'm lazy and don't want to go to the store. And I'm on a budget, so it helps yeah. me stay within a budget if I plan things out. But now it's like everybody's trying to do that where they're just panic buying. So when Jared went to the store this last time, he was like, hey, just a heads up, there's a limit on the chicken and the ground beef. I was like, well, I was like, buy the one package that you can. I'm like, and we'll have to ration the rest or we'll be digging really deep into our freezer to see what we can (laughs) use up because we do have meat in our freezer. I know that we do because we buy like whole hogs and stuff like that. And we're getting we're going to butcher our meat chickens this weekend. So we're going to be fine. I'm not worried about it from that perspective, but it's a really... A sort of odd and eye-opening feeling to not be able to get what you mm-hmm. want and need from the grocery store. Um, it's a, it's a little humbling. Yeah, is how I described it to Jared. I know that there are people that feel this feeling all the time, and it feels awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I almost got emotional when I was in the store the other day, and I could get minute rice, like white rice that you know is super fast to cook. Versus the regular rice because, again, Sam is lazy and doesn't want to boil rice for, like, 15 minutes. I'd rather just pop it in the microwave for eight um, and not worry about it. But I couldn't get it for weeks. And then I'm walking down the aisle and I see it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's still here. It exists. I can get some. And it just it is kind of funny, like, what you get excited about now, like white rice and toilet paper. <laughs> I, I feel like... We do talk about COVID a lot and as things are opening up, you know, like you would think that like a lot of things would be going back to normal, but they just aren't yet. I think we're still a long ways away from like really normal. Well, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because of the way our government is set up, all the states get to kind of make their own plan. Um, That's the way it's supposed to be. The federal government should not be telling everybody how to open their states. They can make suggestions, but... We all get to kind of go at our own pace based on the decisions our states are making. But that means, like like Jessica talked about, Oklahoma opening up. 
um, in big, big ways. But, you know, that doesn't mean that the packing plant that is in a different state that brings me into Oklahoma is at full capacity again. Yeah. So because of how we are so robust in our in our packing plants and our trucking and all that fun stuff, like it doesn't mean that it's going to be truly normal. So it'll be interesting to see how everything rolls out in the end. Yeah. So everybody put on your patience pants before you go to the grocery store. <laughs> patience pants. Like it's it. my favorite phrase. <laughs> I wear my sassy pants a lot. I don't know if I have patience pants or if they fit anymore. <laughs> you might have to just squeeze into those Ugh. every now and then. <laughs> Hopefully they're leggings. Yeah, my patience pants are leggings. <laughs> so what's your can't even this week? So mine, I think I saw Twain, from our friend from Neutrina, um, post this on Facebook first. But then I saw it pop up in a few different places. And I think it ended up in our Facebook group, too. But I had this ready to go before it ended up in our Facebook group. So I'm using it. <laughs> um, the headline is, police are looking for an aggressive chicken terrorizing bank customers in Louisiana. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) So I'm going to read the article. It's super short. It says, police in Louisiana urged residents to be on the lookout for a suspect that has been terrorizing bank customers. They warned that the suspect is is ignoring social distancing rules and the orders of the governor by harassing customers at the ATM and drive-thru, chasing people and trying to get into vehicles. (laughs) The suspect, an aggressive chicken, is described as reddish tan, 18 inches tall, and between 6 and 8 pounds, the Walker Police Department said in a playful post to Facebook. Officers (laughs) responded to the bank on Walker South Road after receiving a call around 4 p.m. Friday regarding the suspect, who apparently attempted the imminent arrival of law enforcement and fled on foot from the scene. Officials said the chicken is wanted on charges of assault, attempted battery, attempted burglary, terrorizing, and ignoring an order of the governor. (laughs) The bird remains on the loose while police asked for the public's help locating the fowl. They said people should avoid confronting it because of its history of aggressive behavior. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it's a picture of a hen on on here, but I think it's probably a rooster based on it trying to, like, fight people. I don't have (laughs) hens that fight me. I have roosters that want to fight, but never a hen. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't had any hens try to fight me either, but I do have a hen that grew spurs. I'll have to take pictures of her. It's really interesting. They're yeah. they're coming up on three years old now, that now though, so I'm not surprised by that. So you can send us your can't evens in our Facebook group or Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkinform at gmail.com. We like to share your can't evens on our mini sods. Yes, and be sure and leave us a review every week. We read one of the Apple Podcast reviews, and whoever's review we read, we stick into a hat 
to draw at the end of the month and we pick someone to win an exclusive mug and it's something that will not ever be in the shop so it's super special so make sure that you leave us a review over on apple podcasts and give us your instagram handle or a way to get a hold of you in the review if you win so that we can make arrangements to send that to you and this read week's review is titled great for someone getting started with homesteading and it says i recently started doing some gardening and got chicks for the first time this year i am by no means close to being a homesteader yet but i have the space to do it i feel very overwhelmed just thinking about it this podcast has been great for making me feel better about making decisions and having and has given me tons of ideas I love that the hosts are not Pinterest-type homesteaders and that are they openly share what works and what doesn't based on their experiences. This podcast has definitely helped me to relax into doing what I can and not be upset about not having a picture-perfect farm. And that is from PibbleMom21. Oh, I love that review. Yes, we have some nice things on our farm, but yeah. we definitely aren't like striving for Pinterest perfect. I think that was a good way to describe us. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I feel like the charming coops that we have are kind of Pinterest perfect. Oh, but that's just by design. They are Pinterest perfect. And I love them. It's really fun to have like a corner that's like really beautiful. (laughs) It's like the corner of your house that you can take like the farmhouse pictures of your decor but it's not your whole house unless you're like that Instagram person that your house just looks, looks like a beautiful museum. Mine does not. And mine doesn't either. I'm staring at a lot of not pretty stuff right now just by my desk. So, so thank you. I will take that as a compliment that we are non Pinteresty. We are approachable. (laughs) I totally and completely agree. And I look at like the things that, I do have around the farm that could be like quote unquote Pinterest worthy. It was kind of like my sanctuary spaces, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's nice to have one place that feels just like, like you and nice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I loved it. Thanks for that review. Yeah. (laughs) It made us feel real deep. Yes. (laughs) So quick housekeeping. Coop Camp 2020 has been moved to August 7th through 9th. We're still planning to be there. And if you decide to join us there, you can use code drink and farm and that and is the ampersand and you will get $25 off your ticket. If you've already purchased a, a ticket and you're still planning on going, um, you can let us know and we'll help get you that $25 back in your pocket. We sure will. And Drink and Farm has a phone number now. It's 401-426-3276 or 401-426-FARM. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text message. Whatever you want to do with that phone number is totally up to you. Um, But you can give us your farm stories, your questions, your can't-evens, or just like chat into the voicemail if you want to talk to us about something. (laughs) Um, We'll uh, use those for our mini-sodes. And you'll get to be on the podcast with us, which is super cool. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and download episode when you listen, because that helps more people like you find us. And be sure and share this episode over on Instagram and your stories and tag at Drink and Farm, because we'll send you a promo code just for that episode that is good in our merch shop.
And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to all the things we discussed today, a survey that is anonymous that can let you tell us how we're doing. And we have all kinds of social media goodness and merch shop links in the show notes too. So that's it, guys. Yeah. What a journey. This was a lot of fun. It was for sure. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give zero clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.